Welcome to the Zinoff podcast series on hyperintelligent automation, or HIA. HIA is a technology born from the confluence of AI and RPA that has evolved from being a conventional automation tool to a strategic enterprise game changer. In this series, we bring to you our conversations with leading automation gurus and industry mavericks on how they are defining new possibilities and business outcomes through automation. So, enterprises are betting big on automation and companies across industries are maturing in their automation journeys. But when we speak of automation, the processes, risks, benefits and challenges are often glossed over or are one-sided. Now, pharmaceuticals is one such industry that has embraced automation and has been reaping its benefits. However, there are still many enterprises which are grappling with certain challenges and change management issues while going through their automation journey. Hello everyone, I'm Dushan Gurg, Engagement Manager at Zenov, and I'll be your host for today's episode of our Hyper-Intelligent Automation Series. And I'm excited to be sitting down uh, for this discussion with uh, Mr. Jay Kolati, Global Head of Application Services and Intelligent Automation at Regeneron. A very warm welcome to you, Jay. It's wonderful to have you here. Pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you for having me. Great. Let's uh, jump right in. So, uh, Jay, you have uh, over 25 years of diverse experience in the technology industry across multiple domains and in multiple roles. Can you tell us about a bit more on how you've navigated through this complex yet dynamic nature of the technology industry? You know, um, a lot of times when we think about technology, a lot of folks are focused on the bits and the bytes of technology. I would say I've been blessed to be able to navigate technology from the lens of business. When you start thinking about business, when you start thinking about how is it you're going to enable your business? Technology is just another enabler, right? Technology is basically a tool that you use to enable what the problems are that the business are facing, what the opportunities are that the business is looking for. So I would say that has been sort of the blessing in, in the sky for me in making sure using business as a forefront and technology as a solution. And uh, like you were saying, uh, that technology should be tied back to the business objective. So uh, if we talk about your automation initiative, so what are the different outcomes you've been able to drive from your automation initiatives at Regeneron? You know, the outcomes are truly, you know, we've been able to obviously make sure we're able to bring better value to the business. And when we say bringing better value to the business, you know, we look at a lot of parameters, right? And some of those value parameters are, you know, did we improve a process? Were we able to reduce cost? Uh, were we able to help in some sort of decision making, you know? And as we're doing that, what value did we increase? Were the internal controls that we were able to mitigate or put more controls over? Was it something that was before, uh, you know, maybe a eight by five operation, now it's a seven by 24 operations. Were we able to increase quality, you know, stability, uh, the, the speed, uh, and obviously uh, making sure focusing our employees on the value added work. So this way we were able to take some of those tasks that can be automated through the elements of automation. That's uh, great. Uh, and uh, given the current economic scenario where everyone is talking about a recession uh, looming, 
uh, what are the macro trends uh, which you see can be propelled by automation and how can we navigate those? See, when you think about, you know, we, us talking about recessions, a lot of times when you think about recession, it is truly based on the areas of demand as well as supply. I mean, the, the basis of economics. And when you think about automation, um, it really kind of goes back to what is it that we're trying to solve for? What is it that we're trying to deliver to the business with? So for me, um, I think recession is truly based on business demands and needs. And automation has its own play on what is it that the business is trying to achieve with that automation. That's good. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So, uh we talk about a lot of these change management initiatives and uh, sometimes uh, change management initiatives throughout an automation journey is uh, considered to be an afterthought. Uh, but uh, what we believe is uh, that as a leader who has been in the automation space for long, uh, have you observed like how companies and employees are affected by these changes? And then what is your thought on the whole navigation of these change management initiatives and to ensure especially uh, the fear of job losses amongst employees through these initiatives? Well, that is a loaded question. So three questions in one over there. Um, I'll start with the first one. Uh, I think the first and foremost is it goes back to the engagement model. Um, so with the team, with the employees, with all the folks that may be impacted in any way, shape, or form in that journey, you want to make sure you're taking information from them. You want to make sure you're including them. And last but not least, you want to make sure that they're part of this journey. And when you do that, you would find that those employees end up becoming the biggest advocate. They realize the value for themselves. They realize what more they're able to achieve with automation. And quite frankly, you'll get more ideas, you'll get more information, and that art of possibility, if you think it was X, now it becomes X to the nth degree because you know, the folks that you engage with are part of that process. The second thing you know, goes back to talking about change management, right? I'm going to piggyback on the last comment that I made. Uh, change comes from within. Uh, change comes from us. And when you're including us, uh, it is no longer them. So therefore, you're in it together. And in your last question about job losses, you know, what we have found is that with the automation journey, we've been able to retain that talent for longer and other value-added work. And quite frankly, because some of those automations, we're not able to do more, uh, things that we were not able to do before. Uh, so, you know, that is the last thing that kind of comes to our mind. because. Sooner or later, if it's a task that should be or can be automated, the quicker you get at it, the better it is for everyone. Otherwise, you, right, as an organization and the employees will be left behind on this journey. Great. Uh, yeah, those are some really good thoughts. Uh, so in addition to this, uh, Jay, if I may know about uh, like there is also a talk of the town in terms of uh, driving various citizen development programs at the enterprise so that the employees, like you said, can upskill themselves in the automation and also become an integral part of the automation program. 
So what are your thoughts about uh, a citizen development program and then are you running any such initiative at Regeneron? I think uh, when it comes to citizen development, I think there's tremendous amount of opportunity in that area. But before you can go into that citizen development model, you know, you got to look at sort of your overall structure on how you are, I guess, set up in an organization. That kind of goes back to when you think about the various activities of executing on any kind of automation, whether that's the planning, the design, uh, who's going to be the one who's going to be creating that, that automation, how is it getting verified, how are we going to be releasing some of these automation. So it really kind of goes back to the governance structure that you put into place. We work in a very highly regulated industry. So for us, you know, when we're putting these automations, those are some of the things that we're looking at to make sure, is this automation going to have an impact on anything that's regulatory in nature? Is this something that we need to be thinking about downstream, upstream impacts? So I would say, you know, it is a journey, right? Automation is a journey. Things that can be automated without any impact to upstream or downstream, absolutely. I think there's a, a good value and scope for that. However, given the fact that we are in an industry where we have these automation that are tightly knit to various systems, uh, it is best served in a CLE model where you're able to deliver these services and making sure that they're truly adding that value. And again, once that automation gets deployed, you want to make sure that it's, it's working as anticipated. Uh, someone is monitoring over those automations because, again, it is impacting uh, you know, your customer, whether that's an internal customer or an external customer. So again, it, it kind of goes back to your automation journey. It goes back to the complexity of the automation that you're trying to build. And it's going to vary from organization to organization. Uh, that's uh, really something which other stakeholders also are privy to. And uh, like you uh, talked about pharma industry uh, in particular, we know that it's, it's a lot of regulated one, which is having a lot of pressure in terms of uh, resources, the capital, the R&D is kind of involved. So uh, it was very uh, quick in terms of pivoting to leveraging these automation technologies in the wake of uh, COVID. And uh, how do you think the next few years of pharma industry would look like in terms of some accelerated adoption of these uh, automation technologies? I think what COVID has done is it has given us the opportunity to really accelerate what we do best in any life sciences organization, right? Uh, which is research. And part of that research is making sure you're able to look at that hypothesis, prove that hypothesis positive or not positive, depending on what you're doing. What COVID did for technology is it hyper-automated, right? Uh, it hyper-scaled the speed that we needed to deliver on. And also, it took folks out of their comfort zone of doing what they were used to. You know, we're obviously having this conversation right now. We're in a very virtual environment, I'm sure pre-COVID, I may have been sitting in some studio or your office, you know, with a mic and in a conversation, but here we are, right? We've got this technology that we're using. So it's all because of COVID. So same thing goes to automation. It opened that opportunity for technologists. It opened that opportunity for teams. And also it gave an opportunity for your customers, your internal customer, your consumption of those customers to be able to adopt to these technologies because there is no plan B, 
So it kind of forced a lot of us, right? I mean, quite frankly, it forced the whole world to adapt, to change. And I think automation um, is really the beneficiary over here, whether if that's robotic process automation, business process automation, or quite frankly, right, if that's a virtual assistant or chatbots. So it really gave that opportunity to, to make some of those changes uh, and, and ensure that, you know, uh, we're able to move in this journey much faster than we were able to do before because what people are used to doing the way they were doing things. Yeah, that's uh, truly uh, well said. Uh, and in terms of Regeneron, if I may ask, uh, how much did you see the scalability increase? Like you would be having X number of processes automated to Y number of processes. So if you can share some insights on how did Regeneron scale up their automation journey during the COVID time? And uh, what are the different technologies which you actually adopted only in this time? What I can share with you uh, is, you know, we did really increase our speed to automation by at least 10 to 15 fold. Uh, you know, if we had um, single or maybe tweens uh, digit bots uh, in the environment, uh, I would say, during the pandemic, we were able to increase that double or triple to a point where, you know, we were north of 50 to 60 in, in a matter of less than a year. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention and necessity is the, is the mother of automation in our case, I would say. Uh, so, you know, it, it really, you know, it, it forced, quite frankly, the business uh, to automate. Uh, because they were no longer able to do things the way we're doing, whether, hey, I've got to print this invoice and scan it and, and email it, or whether I need to, you know, I need to be able to digitize my, my signature process. And once that process is done, I need to automatically send it to so many people. Uh, so there's all these different processes that, that we were doing before, truly, which were, you know, uh, I guess, for the time, what we were doing was the right thing to do, but again, we needed to pivot, and we pivot very quickly to be able to truly, you know, what we do best, help our patients. Great. Uh, and uh, what is your thought about uh, people, leaders, or even enterprises limiting themselves to a small set of uh, automation technologies? Like, we still see many leaders think automation is synonymous with robotics process automation. And then still uh, not able, uh, very comfortable in exploring other technologies such as intelligent document processing, use case discovery, processes, intelligence, or task mining uh, kind of technologies. So what are your thoughts? Why is it uh, limiting? Why, what, what can be limiting to people in terms of uh, adopting a broader set of uh, automation technologies? I don't, so what I would say for us, it's not really limiting. I think we look at, we truly look at the art of the possibility. You know, we look at the business problem, or in this case, you know, for our scientists, the scientists look at scientific problems. But for us, looking at what the business problem is and seeing what technologies are out there uh, that can solve that problem, right? Whether if it's something to do with task automation, process automation, uh, or if it's something to do with, like you just mentioned, right, um, scanning uh, and and OCR from perspective of text into any kind of flex field putting in. So what I would say for us, it is, it is quite frankly, right? The business is uh, very, I would say helpful to us 
and saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to get done. And, and I think, you know, we do we have a great partnership with our business and various parts of the business to be able to deliver to some of these uh, requests that they come with. Okay. Uh, lastly, I would uh, like to know your thoughts on what do you see would be the top three trends uh, upcoming in the automation journey or uh, automation industry as a whole uh, in the next coming years? Top three trends. Um, you know, if, if I, would, I mean, if you think about, you know, we, we continue to talk about from a digital perspective, right? We, we talk about the digital twins. But what I would say is, you know, it's truly integrating your processes, whether they're manual or not, digitizing those processes and seeing how you're able to, you know, the, the word that, you know, I keep hearing quite a bit, you know, we call it hyper automate, right? In the case of hyper automate, is you can have, you know, let's just say, manual paper process. Again, these are some of, the, some of the areas that we've been able to truly help our business. You, you take the manual paper process, you digitize it. Once you've digitized that process, there are steps after that information that needs to go from point A to point B. So, depending on what that is, you can automate that process, whether you're automating it through a business process automation or you're automating it through a robotic process automation. And in those scenarios, you're able to use all the two or three different technologies to really end up serving your customer, right? For example, say you've got a, a virtual assistant, or say a chatbot, as we call it. You may have a chatbot that is engaging uh, with you as a customer or, or us as a customer or a patient or wh whoever the, the clientele is, and based on that interaction, there could be cognitive abilities. There could be, depending on the level of maturity of the AI engine that's built behind there or the ML engine that's back there, that bot could be understanding what that need is. And based on that need, it could be executing uh, you know, a business process through you know, business process automation or and or you could be putting an RPA process to go execute a task bring it back and serve that information back to the business stakeholder via chatbot where that workflow would have involved either, you know, multiple folks, multiple teams, multiple, multiple you know, uh, people in the process and, and the time constraints. But you can kind of automate all that in this one served up uh, to the business. Uh, thanks a lot for sharing all of these. I think it was really interesting to hear your thoughts and, uh, some of my key takeaways were uh, that uh, navigating technology through business outcomes is of essence while driving automation. And it's not only about cost savings, uh, but it's uh, automation is also catering to a lot of decision-making initiatives. And uh, another one was uh, trying uh, the employees to become advocates of uh, automation is really important for success of any automation initiatives. And uh, the inclusion of the impacted employees through upscaling or other initiatives is also of essence. Once again, there, thanks a lot uh, for uh, taking time with us and sharing uh, the experience from your uh, expertise. Oh, uh, thanks for Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. As for our listeners on the other end, I hope this conversation was insightful for you or uh, you to listen, and as it was for me. And uh, we'll see you again soon for another great chat with another automation expert uh, very soon. Until then, goodbye and take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Zenoff Podcast's Hyper-Intelligent Automation Series. 
We hope that you enjoyed and learned from the who's who of the global automation ecosystem. You can listen to our other series filled with similar rich perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts from. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website, www.zinoff.com, and follow us on LinkedIn to stay up to date on our latest content.